The following contest is scheduled for one fall! I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello! Welcome to episode 31 of Snapdragon Duplex. I am your host at home this week, Mikey Mack. Your favourite host is offshore uh, in the sunny North Sea, Randy Phil. Uh, this week we're covering Fighter Fest Night 2. So I'm just going to jump you straight over to your boy, Randy Phil. Well, isn't this a treat for us? It's a treat for me. It's good to be on this side, knowing that I'm going to spout off a load of shit and Mikey has to react to it. <laughs> So, monkey man, Mikey Mac, I hope you're doing well. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I'm not kicking off with Fighter Fest Night oh. 2. Now that the crowds are back in WWE are actually putting on some good shows, mm-hmm. or some weird shows, fucking anyway, I'll do a quick rundown with you about what's happened in Money in the Bank. I'll tell you what I think, and you can let us know what you think, mate. Okay. So, I'm just going to run through the card, top to bottom, and we'll make it quick. On the pre-show, the Usos beat the Mysterios and they're the new tag team champs. I'm cool with that. But who the fuck are the Usos going to fight on SmackDown? You've only got two face tag teams at the moment on SmackDown Mm -hmm. and it's the Mysterios and Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. So I think that they just need to scrap each brand having their own tag belts, combine the tag belts and just give us a duel men's tag team champion like they do with the women's tag team champions thoughts Mikey that would be good yeah man I totally agree with that I think that I think I said this a while ago but I think they should have all the women on one show and all the tag teams on the other show because I feel like those are the two rosters that kind of struggle with the brand split you find that I wonder if this is why WWE kind of have to do I say have to, they really don't have to, but they do the same fucking matches over and over and over again. And I feel like, having seen SmackDown, that we're just going to get the Mysterios versus the Usos for the next fucking six months until SummerSlam. I mean, SummerSlam's not six months away, but you know what I mean. And who can be arsed? I can't be arsed. So yeah, why don't we get all the tag team guys on SmackDown, all the women on Raw. And then you've got two big fucking rosters and... Who's not going to be excited for tuning into either of those? It'll give me something to tune into Raw for. Do you know what I mean? Because right now, there's very little. So the first main match on the main card, Money in the Bank, was the women's Money in the Bank match. How was it, Mikey? Was the match any good? Let us know later. But the winner was Nikki Cross, or Nikki A.S.H., or almost a superhero, Mm -hmm. Nikki A.S.H., whatever. Nikki Cross wins. I'm happy with that result. Me too. Are you happy, Mikey, or did you have a pick on anyone else that you fancied? Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy. You know, like Nikki Cross, Glasgow girl, we're all proud of her. I hate the superhero gimmick because I feel like this. It's it's for kids, but it's not even for like kid kids. It's for fucking really young kids. Maybe if they kind of went like a hurricane kind of thing. You know, hurricane was like. He actually thought he was a superhero, and that was the gimmick, and it was pretty funny. But I don't think you can really do that without being a jobber, so... Who knows, man? I mean, really like Nikki Cross, not a big fan of the gimmick, but... Yeah, she's the fucking champion now, so... It's worked out all well, you know what I mean? We've had a fucking... 
Scottish male champion, a Scottish female champion. What more can you fucking ask for, man? Maybe I was doing okay in the Euros. Next, we had AJ Styles and Omos retaining their tag team belts against the Viking Raiders. Meh, whatever. I'm fed up with it, but um, just because they weren't a real tag yeah. team. Are they a real tag team? I don't consider them a tag team. Just fucking mm. combine the tag belts already, please. Unless you're going to do Matt Riddle and Randy Orton taking on AJ Styles and Omos. Boring. I'll have that all day long. Who's your next feud for these two, Mikey? Who's your next feud for the tag team belts of Raw? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't really watch Raw that much. So, I mean, I guess it will be Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. And then you have the slow build of Randy Orton becoming a cunt again and Matt Riddle beating him, hopefully. And that'll put Matt Riddle over. So, yeah, that works. The AJ almost thing, that's definitely this generation's Diesel and Shawn Michaels, right? You got um, a guy who's maybe not the biggest size, and you've got the massive dude to like get him heat. But like, does AJ Styles really need that? He's been champion a few times. He's possibly the best wrestler in the world. So I don't know. I guess he's just trying to get almost over, which is good. That's fine. Uh, he's green as fuck, but he'll get there, man. He'll get there. Um. I want AJ Styles in singles again. Jesus Christ, do I? Then Bobby Lashley retains his WWE Championship belt up against Kofi Kingston. Big Bobo. In a dominating match, the beast Bobby Lashley is back, dominating once again. Mm -hmm. Surprising that this was as one-sided as it was. Mm -hmm. But still, I enjoyed it. I'm cool with Bobby Lashley still being champ. Mm-hmm. especially seeing the rumours coming about for SummerSlam. I'm going to be buzzing for his match. If you know, you know. And if you don't, I'm about to let you know. Bobby Lashley will be taking on Goldberg for SummerSlam. That's dog shit. I'm cool with it. Really? I was all right with Goldberg's last SummerSlam. I think it was really? the last one. And Dolph Ziggler just sold like a champ for him. Okay, fine. That was then okay. he came back and he done WrestleMania. That was a bit fucking lacklustre. Shite. But Goldberg, Bobby Lashley, SummerSlam, what's your thoughts, Mikey? My thoughts are Bill Goldberg is still on my list of bills I don't like. He's, uh, I mean, Bill Cosby's moved right to the top of that list since he got out, right? But Bill Goldberg's still in the top five. Fuck off, Bill. We're fed up. Well, I'm fed up with you. It turns out Randy's a big fan, but fuck off. <sighs> All I wanted was Brock Lesnar versus Big Bobo. And they built up that fight as if he was going to be fighting Lesnar. It was a big Lesnar fucking domination of Kofi. Fuck's sake, man. If Goldberg wins, are you going to be happy? Because I just can't see how you could be happy if Bobo, uh, Bobo loses. Right, Bobo has to win, right? And then after that, make it Lesnar? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. As long as Bobo doesn't lose, I don't care. Not a fan. Next up was the Raw Women's Championship match, and it was uh, Rhea Ripley, the champ, defending against Charlotte Flair. I don't know how many times have we seen this match? Twice, maybe? And I'm already fucking sick of it. Yeah. I wasn't interested in this at all. Me neither. Charlotte won, because of course Charlotte won. Boo. Boo Charlotte. And I was pissed off with that. Me too. But since we're doing spoilers anyway, the next night on Raw... 
Nikki Cross, Nikki Ash cashed in <laughs> and she is the new women's champion. She beat Charlotte yeah, fuck after a fucking rematch at this match. Oh, why? Why? Sometimes you think they're doing all right and then they just hit you with a rematch of a rematch when they said rematches weren't going to be a thing. Uh, it's, it's shit. Whatever. I'm happy with Nikki Cross being the champ. Yeah. Thoughts on the match, Mikey? Or None. thoughts with Nikki Cross now being the Raw Women's Champ? Or Nikki Ash? No fucking thoughts on the match. Fucking... I mean, they're both really good, but who gives a fuck, like you said. Uh, Nikki being champ's great. I don't see why Rhea had to drop the belt for that. Like, why couldn't she have just fucking... Been... Because I guess Nikki needed to cash in against the heels, the way they're looking at it. But why couldn't she just cash in against Rhea? Who cares? Rhea's a fucking tweener. Don't know. Don't care. I'm happy Nikki's got the fucking belt. Then we had the men's money in the bank ladder match. Mm-hmm. Looked absolutely unbelievable for a match. Yeah. Ricochet doing cool shit. John Morrison doing cool shit. All the guys just doing cool shit. Yeah. But my boy, your boy, <laughs> the people's boy, Biggie is the men's money in the bank yeah. winner of 2021. And hopefully they don't fucking mess this up with him. I mean, anytime somebody gets the money in the bank, they do that, booking where they lose, they lose, they lose. Yeah, I hate that. Then last year, fucking Otis lost the money in the bank briefcase to so the Miz, shit. but you think this is going to be Big E's year. Hopefully. And I had already had this planned out in my head that this match would kick off the show. Kofi Kingston would beat Bobby Lashley. You think Big E and Xavier Woods come out to celebrate and then Big E turns. <laughs> and he would be your raw champ. <laughs> That'd be what funny. could have been... But they're not going to turn him fucking heel. He no, is, no chance. He is such a good guy, isn't he? Everybody oh, yeah. loves Big E. Such a good dude. I love Big E. I'm buzzing about this. What's your thoughts, Mikey? Does Big E challenge on Raw to join the New Day, or does he go to SmackDown? Oh, God, I didn't even think about going back to the New Day. Oh, God, really hope. Do you know how good that would be? If he cashes in on Raw, big Bobo. Oh my god, imagine SummerSlam, right? Fucking Bobo and Goldberg have their big fucking thing. It's fucking shit. Fucking Goldberg wins or something, right? The crowd are like, oh, fuck this. And then Big E comes flying in, catches in, fucking beats him, celebrates with the new day. Big E's back on Raw. Fucking yes, boys. Yes, boys. That's what we want. That's what we want. I don't know what Randy wants, but that's what I want, which means that's what we want. I've made an executive decision. That's what the show wants, right? The match itself was fucking good, man. It was really good. Uh, Money in the Bank matches are always good. I I kind of wanted Matt Riddle to win, but I was buzzing when Big E won. So, I mean, I can't complain, man. I can't complain. The tease of Matt Riddle maybe winning was like... I was out of my seat. So, yeah, great match. Great result. And if the New Day get back together off the back of it... Oh, God. My body is ready. The final match of the night was Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. Fucking shenanigans happens, doesn't it? Seth Rollins gets involved. Yeah. Edge loses. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Edge versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, I suspect. I'm cool with I'm that. I'm cool with that. That would be really good to see. Yeah. And then after, after everything settled down and Roman Reigns was celebrating, mm-hmm. your man was there. I didn't see him. I can't see him. <laughs> I was told your man John Cena was there. He showed up. And he is now going to be fighting fucking Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. 
Yeah. I don't know how how are we feeling about that. Fucking good. I'm in, I'm cool with the part timers coming back. Yeah. I want Brock Lesnar back as well now. I'm just cool with the fans buzzing all the time. Yeah. WWE are like booting decently again. So yeah, money in the bank. I skimmed through it, but overall, it was alright. What did you think, Mikey? Okay, mate. Yeah, I I thought Money in the Bank was actually a really good pay per view. WWE have been doing like shit programming and then great pay per views this pandemic, I guess. And this one was fucking brilliant. It was definitely up there. Um, I actually really liked the Edge Roman match. I really liked the fact that we got Edge Rollins, and all of a sudden you get and he's back, your boy, well my boy I guess, John Cena I'm keen for this, actually I'm keen for this, I think Roman beating John Cena it's just good, it kind of gives a bit of a break from the rest of the programming but, we find out on Smackdown, spoiler I don't give a fuck about spoilers, you're not listening to this if you're scared of spoilers are you so yeah, we've got uh, Prince, Prince, sorry Finn Balor is fucking challenging Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. So, triple threat? Triple threat. Finn Balor pins Cena. Oh, yes, boy. That's what I need in my life. That's what I need in my life. Finn Balor pinning Cena. Triple threat. Finn Balor, your new Universal Champion. That'd be fucking great. Let's hear what you have to say about Raw. Right. I hope you're all sitting comfortably. Because this is just going to be a wee rant from me. Cool. So, the Raw after Money in the Bank, we get teased of debuts, returns, stuff to put on for the live crowd being back, get some good pops, and WWE bring out the NXT champion, Karrion Cross. Oh god, yeah. Who has just been absolutely dominating shit down in NXT. Fucking hated this. So he comes out, and there is no reaction from the crowd mm-hmm. I don't think there was a reaction I never heard anything maybe mm-hmm. maybe my volume was fucked on the telly but it was like nobody knew who he was or nobody cared who he was mm-hmm. maybe I got that wrong but but it was a shite reaction then he comes out he, he dominates the match against Jeff he hits he's fucking grounding him for like a minute and a half two minutes Hitting him with their big elbows to the back of the head. Yeah. Jeff is nearly an old man. You can't be doing that for much longer to the poor guy. No, he's the good brother as well. Jeff gets the upper hand, hits a twist of fate, goes for a swanton bomb, misses, carrying cross, fucks about with something. Jeff gets a roll up with his feet on the ropes. And the match was over in like less than three or four minutes. Yeah. That's your NXT champion. You just shout all over him. Yeah. Now, the rumour is that Vince made a point of doing the match like this to shit on NXT or something along the lines to fucking Biggie sell up and say NXT's still not what you think it is. Why? But I, f- I heard Triple H was like pushing guys like Karrion Cross and Keith Lee maybe and a couple others so that he can push them through NXT get them ready for, like, Raw and SmackDown and give them events whilst Triple H keeps the guys that he wants in NXT. Okay. Like, maybe Gargano, Champa. Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. and others. Garen Cole. I don't even that. know. But So, 
Triple H is like trying to push carrying cross for Vince so Vince can use him on Raw and SmackDown and he fucking whoops him in less than four minutes. It's fucking like you're just shit. fucking burying a guy. I think this was his hometown as well. So you've got your hometown guy, the crowd do not give a fuck about him. You bury him and then you send him back to NXT when Triple H are trying to build this guy. But before fucking carrying cross even came to NXT he was hot as fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew where he was going. It was a total surprise. I think his contract just ended with Impact. He was teasing New Japan. Yeah. He was teasing AEW. He was teasing WWE or NXT. Because I think they said he might be a month at NXT, then get put straight onto the main roster. Yeah. And they're just fucking him about like this. I mean, he's... He must be kicking himself because I think when his contract with Impact expired, he got in like a feud with John Moxley when he was free agent. Right. But I can't remember where it was they were fighting. You need to look must it have up. Been but Japan. It probably won't make any sense if you've not been keeping up to date with NXT. But if you've seen this guy on NXT, all the shit that he does, he's got like smoke and mirrors. He's got this fucking sand glass what's it fucking called see the timer with the sand yeah, and you turn it upside down and it's a you know one of them it's, it's a whole thing it's a gimmick <laughs> and it's cool as fuck and he's got his missus with him and she's fucking a hottie and if he was on AEW with that gimmick he would be like fucking right up there and cunts would love him and Vince is just shot all over him yeah. That's all the rant is, mate. It's awful. Have you been keeping up to date with Karrion Cross? Do you know anything about him yeah. down in NXT? Are you as pissed off about this as I am? Yeah. Or is this just me ranting my tits off for no reason? Yeah, but I mean, I can't agree enough. It's like, why would you bring up your champion from NXT? Why, why would you even have NXT if all you do is shit on it? It's supposed to be the third brand. That's what they're kind of billing it as. Is like you've got Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. It's supposed to be as good, right? You want people to watch this, right? You want to make money off of NXT, right? You want to sell fucking t-shirts. You want to sell fucking replica belts. You want to sell fucking toys and video games and all the fucking rest of it. So why would you bring your champion, who's a fucking machine, by the way, bring him up without Scarlett Bordeaux, or whatever she calls herself these days, right? Scarlett. Bring up without her. Which makes no fucking sense whatsoever because she is the entrance. And his entrance is what gets him over a lot of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like bringing Stone Cold up from NXT and not giving him the glass shattering. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? That's what gets the pop. Anyway, you bring him up on his own. You make him fight Jeff. Jeff Hardy rolls him up. Does Jeff really need to go over these days? I don't think so. I honestly think Jeff could just fucking put people over for the rest of his days, be happy, and just collect a paycheck and just enjoy being in front of the fans. You know what I mean? That's, that's, he, he's not looking for titles. I don't know, man. Fuck this. Fuck all of this. It's really stupid. Makes your title look shit in NXT. Makes NXT look shit. Go, Vince. Give yourself a pat on the back. You've uh, done something, I guess. Let's get into fucking Fighter Fest, man. Enough WWE, let's get on to fucking AEW. And here we are, we're into Fighter Fest Night 2. It's Woo-hoo. done. It was a good night. Yeah. Did you enjoy the night? Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. 
kicking off the show was the first Labour of Jericho match. Yeah. Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears can use the chair. Jericho cannot use a chair. So if you've been paying attention to Jericho's leather jacket, the inner circle one with mm-hmm. the red blood dripping off it, do you remember seeing that before from Scott Hall doing the outsider stuff in WCW? Oh, fucking It's hell. a good look. I love the look. I don't know if Jericho has came out and said that's where it's came from, but I think that's where it's came from. It looks good. And I think Britt Baker done it a month or two ago as well. She had like a similar design. Yeah. It just looks fucking good. I really enjoy it. So Jericho's out. Then is Sean Spears with FTR's Da Tully. And then MJF is out and he's on commentary. And even though MJF's a heel and I hate him, I fucking love him on commentary. He does some good shit. So let's kick off and get into the match. I like the match. And the running theme for me for this episode is going to be I liked all the matches. Okay. Sean Spears was doing his thing. He's been a heel. He can use the chair. And he was fucking using the chair. And he was trying to use the chair anyway. But Jericho was just fucking whipping him. Jericho is a 50-year-old man. Mm-hmm. And you don't expect a 50-year-old man to be climbing the top rope, laying in the big 10-count punches in the corner and following it up with a hurricane runner. Yeah. I thought Sean Spears was going to powerbomb that cunt in the next week, but my God, Jericho hit the hurricane runner off the top rope. I thought he hit his head off the bottom turnbuckle on his way down, but somehow he pulled it off. 50, mate. How old was Ricky Steamboat when Jericho fought him at WrestleMania? Oh, he was 56, no. so Jericho's still got a wee bit 56. of a ways to go. And he survived this week anyway. So let's wrap it up. How does the match go down? Sean Spears, the chairman, goes for a big chair shot on Jericho. Jericho goes, sweeps the legs, gets him in the walls of Jericho... Sean Spears looks as though he's ready to tap out until Tully Blanchard gets involved. He distracts referee Aubrey Edwards and Sean Spears just starts tapping, but it doesn't count. The ref can't see it. So your man and my man, Sammy Guevara, Mm -hmm. Jericho's man, comes down to the ring, gets ready Tully Blanchard. That gives Sean Spears the chance to swivel round. He gets a chair, he swivels round so that Jericho's like in his eyesight. And he hits him square in the fucking face with that chair. Gives him the Death Valley driver, known as the C4. Why is it known as the C4? I don't know. But he hits it anyway. It gets the two count. He gets pissed off. And he wants to go for a second C4. But he picks Jericho up. So he's got him on his shoulders. Then he puts a chair on Jericho's back. So he's got to do the C4. Onto Jericho. Onto the chair. Don't know. Can't explain it, but it looked fucking really good the way that he was going to do it until Jericho wriggles his way free, throws Sean Spears into the corner turnbuckle where there is a chair propped up, and Sean Spears goes face first into that. Is that a disqualification? Not in the eyes of Aubrey Edwards, because he goes head first into that, he comes back, Judas hits him with a big fuck off Judas effect, mm-hmm. hits the pin, one, two, three. And survives the first labour of Jericho. Yeah. Loved the match. What can we take away from this? 
Sean Spears is in fact a shite henchman and any time he gets a chair in his hand it looks as though he's having a wee bit of a stroke <laughs> but like I said good match I enjoyed it after the match MGF gets on the microphone and things start getting fucked up here he tells Jericho you can't have any more backup if mm-hmm. Sammy or anybody else comes out the deal is off and yeah. Jericho doesn't get MJF. Are you with me so far? Because they announced yeah. that, and then he said next week it's a straight-up no-DQ match. <laughs> so can he get disqualified or not if the boys get involved? I know. I don't get it. What the hell's happening? I thought the same thing. But he says it's a no-DQ match, and it's against a guy that robbed a bank with no mask on, no. and he stabbed an opponent in the jugular... And I'm thinking, fuck me. No idea who this is, but this sounds like a really good gimmick. Then he reveals that it's Nick Gage. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Nick Gage. Oh, I know that he fights with GCW. Mm-hmm. Don't know what GCW stands for. He had a feud with John Moxley a while back, and every cunt loved that. Now he's feuding with Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder. Yeah. I think he's all like hardcore rules, street fights, death mm-hmm. matches, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I'm excited about this because I don't know okay. who this guy is. I've not okay. seen him. I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. But I'm cool with it because it's not just going to be Jericho versus the Pinnacle. We're getting fucking something cool. We're mixing it up a bit. Yeah. So Mikey... Can you tell us anything more about Mr. Nick Gage? Who is he? What do you know about the guy? What's your thoughts on the first match of the Labours of Jericho? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. And now that we know it's not just going to be Jericho versus the Pinnacle, is your imagination going anywhere? Have you got any thoughts on what else could be involved in the Labours of Jericho, given that he survives next week? Okay, right, so there's a lot to get through there. Let's start with, you You said you didn't know why it was called the C4 Sean Spears move, so the idea is that it targets the C4 vertebrae in your spine. So it's like that's supposedly the bone that you land on when you take a death eye driver. That's why it's called the C4. Um, the match itself, it was good, I enjoyed it. I've also got to say, I don't know why it wasn't a disqualification, because Jericho did throw him into a chair. But this is what we went through again with foreign objects. If you... Essentially, he used Sean Spears as a weapon against the chair, so it doesn't count. But if he used the chair as a weapon against Sean Spears, that's when he gets DQ'd. Fucking silly bollocks. Gotta love it. The the, the headshots in this match, man, I'm just not a fan. It just makes me... It, it just makes me shudder, you know what I mean, these days. With all the CT and all that. I mean, they look good, but fuck, just put your hand up, man. Just, like... Unprotected headshots just shouldn't be happening, but maybe I'm just being a pussy. Talking of being a pussy, <clears throat> I am fucking nervous about this match with Nick Gage. So, I take it you've not been keeping up with Dark Side of the Ring, because Dark Side of the Ring did a whole episode on Nick Gage. So the Rob in the Bank thing is true. He comes into the arena wearing a mask all the time as his entrance. He wears like a fucking like a bandana mask around the bottom of his face. But he robbed a bank and he didn't wear a mask and he got caught on CCTV because fucking of course he did and he went to jail. The stabbing his opponent with the jugular is also true 
Uh, I think this one was more of an accident. So he was fighting David Arquette in GCW, which is game changer, game changing wrestling, I think. But yeah, they're all about death matches, hardcore. It's like ECW to the extreme. No pun intended, I guess. So he was fighting David Arquette. David Arquette spoke to him before the match. They had dinner and stuff. And he was like, look, you can do whatever you want to me in the match. But the only thing you can't do is cut my face. Don't cut my face because I'm an actor. It's how I make my money. I can't be getting cut up and all the rest of it. Just, you know, fucking leave the face alone. And Nick Gage is like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, But you're sure, you're sure you want to do a death match? You're sure you know what these are? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally fine. Just don't cut my face. And he's like, cool, yeah, we won't. Yeah, that's fine. Right, cool. They have the match, right? And fucking Nick Gage does his... His signature spot is to pull a pizza cutter out and start cutting you to fuck with a pizza wheel. So he starts cutting up David Arquette's, like, like the fucking, uh... You know if you open your mouth and the wee sidey bits? He was, like, cutting that with a pizza cutter. He started cutting his forehead with a... Um, there's barbed wire everywhere, right? So as soon as he starts cutting them, David Arquette fucking flips because he's like, well, I can't trust this dude anymore. He's doing the one thing I told him not to do. So how can you trust someone with your life, essentially, in a wrestling ring if they won't even listen to that? So he starts losing it, and he starts, like, hitting them properly. So I was, like, like shoot-punching him. And then Nick Gage starts shoot-punching him back. There's barbed wire involved, and essentially they kind of slip, and the barbed wire gets caught in David Arquette's neck. And there's, like, a moment of fear where fucking... You can see in both their eyes, like, oh, my fucking God, David Arquette's dead in a fucking wrestling ring. What the fuck are we going to do? And David Arquette is bleeding like fuck everywhere. And they kind of finish the match quickly after that. They just take it home and fucking, I think Nick Gage won. But David Arquette just gets straight out of the ring. He doesn't fucking sell it. He just gets straight out of the ring, straight up the ramp. Like, I need to go to the fucking hospital right now or I'm going to die because I'm bleeding out. And um, long story short, he was okay. I mean, as you know, because you know he's not dead. And this is the dude that they're putting up against Jericho. I'll watch it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'm fucking worried for him, man. He's a fucking 50-year-old guy. He's going to get... <laughs> he's going to get fucking murdered. Mur- murder, death, kill. That's fucking um, Nick Gage's crack. He's murder, death, kill gang leader. So MDK. You'll hear people chanting MDK at the ma- match, and that's what it means. Murder, death, kill. So the kind of dude you want to take home after Sunday school, I guess. Um, in terms of like what's going to happen next in the labours of Jericho, no idea. Fucking no idea. I feel like maybe there's an Iron Man match on the cards, but that's about all I can think of. Wardlow? He needs to beat everyone in the pinnacle still. And Nick Gage is, isn't in the pinnacle, so this isn't even a labour of Jericho. Going by MGF's own rules that he changes every fucking five minutes. So don't know, mate. Not sure. Is he still going to have to fight everyone? Is he still going to have to fight both members of FTR and Wardlow? Don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened up at commentary, but it sounded as if they were going to say, we're going to take a look at Miro now, and he's going to announce a title defence. But none of that happened. It just, it went on a video package, and it was Miro the Redeemer. That's his gimmick now, the Redeemer. Don't know what his redeeming is from, but I'm on board. Let's see, he didn't even announce another title match. But I think it's not next week, but the following week. Okay. But we didn't find that out during this video package, I don't think. Did you notice the jacket that Miro was wearing? It had a Bloodsports logo on it. Right, okay. And I've had to do a quick Google of what the Bloodsport is. I've heard it. So it's GCW. 
it's Josh Barnett's Blood Sports, and it's supposed to be like a hybrid wrestling UFC MMA thing, where the rule set is every match must end in a knockout or a submission. So I think it's a specialty pay per view. And seeing Miro wearing this jacket, I'm not sure what the script of Miro is. If he's like one of these guys that can work elsewhere, I don't know what the AEW contract draws are. So maybe the next Blood Sports event, you could see Miro there, mm-hmm. either fucking winning by knockout or submission. And I'd fucking love to see Miro in one of their matches because he's a big, bad bastard. Yeah. It's the thing about GCW is that it looks like they've kind of got a forbidden door kind of deal with them right now because we're getting Nick Gage on this side. They had Joey Janela, uh, Penelope Ford, and maybe that was it. I can't really remember properly off the top of my head. But I know Joey Janela was at their fucking pay-per-view where Matt Cardona basically got battered to fucking one and the place went insane. And uh, Penelope Ford had a match as well. So I guess maybe this is a bit of a... We'll let you have Miro for a match and uh, you give us another one of your big dudes. But, I mean, the only big dude that I think they really have that's selling tickets anyway is Nick Gage. I got, uh, fuck knows who else is on their roster, to be honest, man. Fuck knows. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, just after having a look, I guess you could have Matt Cardona come back for a couple of matches with the belt. That'd be quite cool. Um, I know they've had Matt Cardona before, but now you've got him as this hardcore dude with a fucking belt of a scary place. And that's quite cool. I mean, I know GCW fans will probably be fucking raging because they're proper hardcores and I guess AEW is probably too gimpy for even them, which is madness. But what can you do? Sometimes you're just not cool enough. This was my highly anticipated match. Probably my most disappointing match, but still, like I said, loved all the matches. It's Mikey Frankie versus Doc Gallows, the Elite Hunter versus one of the Elite or two of the elite, because where Doc Gallows goes, you better believe Carol Anderson is not far behind him. Early doors were in the match. Doc Gallows had the advantage because his mate Carol Anderson was at ringside. So Doc Gallows is in full control of the match from the start. Mikey Frankie fights back in the mankiest way possible by grabbing the pleated beard of Doc Gallows and then eye-raking the motherfucker. Carol Anderson gets involved again, just because he's a good mate, and that's what good mates do. They don't let your mates lose matches. So whilst the ref is distracted, Carol Anderson gets a hold of Frankie Kazarian. Frankie struggles him off a wee bit, and he pulls him from the apron, like, into the ring through the top and the middle rope, leans him over there, and he does that fucking brilliant springboard leg drop. One of the two, because he does two really good springboard leg drops. He fucked up the first one in the match. But I like this one that he does between the ropes. He hits that on Carol Anderson, gets him out of there. And then when he turns around, Doc Gallows hits him with like a big double-handed choke bomb. Doc Gallows gets the pin, one, two, three, and that's it. So is is Mankey Frankie actually the elite hunter? Is he a self-proclaimed elite hunter? Mm -hmm. Like I'm the self-proclaimed international superstar? (laughs) I've not been international in like fucking so many years. I'm just a superstar. I'm just a regular star. (laughs) It's a national star. So the self-proclaimed elite hunter got pumped on his first match against one of the elite. Is this the end of the story? Is it? Is that? Is it? Is Mate. Nah. I mean, I'm enjoying seeing Frankie Kazarian doing his single stuff. 
but you can't say you're the elite hunter and get pumped in your first match against the elite. What the hell is that all about? So, two matches in, and the refs have fucked me off twice. Aubrey Edwards should probably have disqualified Jericho for that fucking daft chair in the corner. And then, this match, Carol Anderson's all over in the fucking match. Two on one advantages, and my man, Frankie, gets fucking beat. So after the match, fucking Frankie's getting beat down off two of the elite. And then the commentary say, how can they be doing this? They need to be handed a fine or they need to be suspended or something like that. Makes sense. It makes sense if these guys were AEW. They're not. They're fucking Impact Wrestling. Yeah. This is just an assault at this point. This is where the police need to get involved. Never mind suspensions <laughs> or fines. Somebody get security or somebody get police and get these cunts out of there. But they're doing the beat down. Then we have this leading nicely into Kenny Omega, Don Callis coming down, talking trash. Then Adam Page comes down. Then Dark Order comes down. I can't be bothered getting into all of this. It's just, it's just leading us for next week for the five one five. If you got anything during this period that you would like to discuss with the Elite versus the Dark Order, before you get into that, I've got two questions for you. Doc Gallus's beard. Is it braided or is it pleated? Because I've been trying to make my notes and I couldn't decide. Is it braided or pleated? Let me know. I don't fucking know. Number two. I know that Frankie Kazarian and Chris Daniels got fucked off with SCU. They got beat. They had to break up. But can you not still come down to the ring as his mate? Is that against the rules or can your mate come down? Other than that, what's your thoughts for Dark Order and Adam Page versus the Elite next week? No, I think once your tag team breaks up, that you you're not friends anymore. It's as simple as that. I think it's a legal requirement that you just gotta stop hanging out with each other ever, even in real life. So they've not seen each other since. Fuck man, Doc Gal's beard. I don't fucking know. I'm not a pirate. I don't fucking know the difference between a braid and a plat. It's one of them. Um, we'll go a braid. Isn't isn't a braid where you just kind of go? Uh, so like a plat's the one with the three strands at the start, and a braid's the one with the two, maybe. If I'm right, I'm going to be fucking chuffed on myself for that. But anyway, uh, Doc Gallows wins with a sit-out sit out choke bomb. Very good fucking... Yeah, I like that, mate. I like that you just fucking came straight out really casually with, oh, yeah, it was a double-handed sit-out fucking choke slam bomb thing. This is the way I'd say it, but you said it very professionally. Um, The Good Brothers batter Frankie after the bell, hit a magic killer, and then you got Kenny Omega for the save. I say the save. Kenny Omega comes in to batter fuck at him, and Adam Page comes in for the save. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the big match next week. And maybe Frankie Gazanian will play a part in that. Maybe he'll get someone fucking eliminated uh, by some shithousery in that Survivor Series match next week, and that'll be how he gets his revenge. So that's what I think they're kind of building up to here. They're setting the groundwork for... A bit of shithousery from the faces. But we'll see. We'll see. So Brian Cage was backstage having his interview. Then he got interrupted by an interview that had already taken place before Mm -hmm. from Team Taz. Anyway, Team Taz were saying Ricky Starks is going to have a celebration for becoming the new FTW champion. And I think everyone's invited. Then we cut back to the current time where Brian Cage was watching the past interview that interrupted him and he said that he's got to be gate crashing the championship celebration 
can a big eight crash and if everybody's invited <laughs> either way it's next week and I'm excited to see what's going to be happening what's your thoughts on Brian Cage and Team Taz next week is it going to be a return of Ulstramage wrestling yeah it's got to be man isn't it it's fucking got to be but yeah that's that's pretty fucking how can you get crash something if you're invited you're just turning up so why don't you just say I'm just turning up to this party we'll never know Next match of the night we had Wheeler Utah taking on Darby Allen. This was another match that was threw together last minute. And I think it's just Wheeler Utah, he, he looks so good in the ring, doesn't he? He looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Good height, good build. Yeah. Moves like silk, oh, butter, mate. hot butter. I don't know, Mikey, help me describe Silky this guy. Butter. He's just fucking smooth as fuck, isn't he? And I think they put this match together last minute because Darby had his fucking big coffin match last week. Unsure how banged up he was, but this whole match, they just worked so safe. There's like a couple of big moves, maybe a fucking big German suplex, but it was a good match for not having a lot of big spots. Mm-hmm. And it's because this Wheeler Utah boy just makes everything look so fucking good. You see what I'm talking about with the carry-on outside of the ring when you got Orange Cassidy and Sting having their wee standoff. I'll let you fucking cover that because that's silly bollocks and you absolutely love <laughs> the silly bollocks. But whenever Darby's attention gets spun over there, Wheeler Utah takes advantage and he goes for a few roll-ups and they just look so fucking smooth. But Darby Allen fucking gets away from that. He grabs a waist of Wheeler Utah, gets in behind him, and then he does that absolutely stunning looking float over stunner. Hits the coffin drop, gets a win. It was a good match. It was a quick match. This Wheeler Utah, he needs to be signed soon, surely. Does he? I thought he was New Japan. He might not be. He might be like Ring of Honor or something like that. I don't know. Get him AEW, make him all elite. Darby Allen got the win with the coffin drop. After the match, the blade comes down and absolutely sparks out Orange Cassidy with the brass knucks trying to get an advantage for their match later tonight. Mikey, what did you make of this match? Did the boy poppers, Orange Cassidy and Sting, pop my boy Mikey? <laughs> yeah, you know what, that, that silly bollocks outside popped me. I mean, silly bollocks always popped me. I mean, OC and Sting, they were doing, like, the lazy kicks against each other. So, like, Dar- uh, fucking Cassidy would kick him once, and then Sting would kick him back, and then he'd kick him again. And It was funny. The crowd were dead into it. I was dead into it. It was, it was great. Um, this match was fucking short. Darby Allen won, like you said, the flip-over stunner and the coffin drop. I thought Darby looked really strong off the back of this match, and I thought, although Wheeler Utah's good, and he sells everything really well, and I actually think he's a great wrestler, and I'm here for him, and I hope they do sign him. I think losing two weeks in a row makes you look like a chump. And that kind of sucks, so, I mean, it is what it is. I still have fun with the match. Um, Orange Cassidy gets smacked with some brass knucks from the blade on the outside after the match, and that kind of brings us up to something later on, so um, that gets you thrown back in. We get a bit of a fucking uh, 
rerun on that. It's time for the AEW Women's Championship match. Mm-hmm. The champ Britt Baker defending against Nyla Rose. I've not got a great deal about this. Mm. It was a good match. I'll tell you that much, Mike. It was a good match. I liked the yeah. match. I liked all the matches. But you are the Britt Baker mark. Yeah. So I'll let you take the lead on this match going forward. But okay. you need to answer me this. Who was the face and who was the heel during this match? Even with the two of them having a fucking manager at ringside, I have no idea who was supposed to be cheering and who was supposed to be booing. Oh, Brits the it face. felt like a heel versus heel match. But then they fucked up. And I'm going to get to this spot here and spoil a wee bit for you. Whenever they were doing the Eddie Guerrero spot with yeah. the belt and doing a hot potato, passing it backwards and forwards. If I was Nyla Rose and I had the belt in my hand and Vicky is already distracting the referee, Smack them. I wouldn't then throw the belt back to Britt Baker to trick the referee into thinking that she's going to hit me. Because if that referee's having a good day or a bad day, depending on the day, she might get disqualified then sure, I win the match, but I don't get the fucking belt. Exactly. So, I thought it was they were heels all throughout. If I've got the belt and my fucking manager's distracting the ref, Hit them. I'm going to knock her the fuck out with the belt. Yeah, definitely. That, that would have made sense. Yeah. But, good match. Happy with the result. Give us a run through, Mikey. What did you think of it? And what do you think is in store for the champion... Going forward, Thunder Rosa has signed this week with AEW. Oh, I thought yes. she had signed a while ago, but nah, she signed the past couple of days. Yeah, they're saying that all her past matches for the year and everything are still on record. So I think she is now officially the number one contender oh, nice. for the AEW Women's Championship. Yeah, so I'll be cool with that. Champion versus Thunder Rosa. Yep. What's your thoughts, mate? Right, man, just to go into it, um, just straight into it, fucking, I really, really, really enjoyed this match. Britt Baker is definitely the face in this. And neither Rose is the heel. I know I know they're both heels, officially, but Britt Baker's got that fucking... Do you remember when Becky Lynch did her heel turn and she was face and then she became the biggest thing in wrestling? That's Britt Baker right now. So, she was definitely the face... I totally agree with you though. Nyla Rose should have scalped her with it, which I thought she was going to do when she threw the belt to her. If Na- imagine Nyla just fucking clobbered her with it straight afterwards, it would be fucking brilliant. Anyway, um, I thought Nyla was a monster this whole way through, um, and then getting Brit to overcome that monster, I think it was a good shout. Um, it kind of makes her more of a face because she overcame big odds. That David and Goliath thing always works. Um, Brit has to hit two curb stomps, and she only gets a two count off it. They do the cool Eddie Guerrero spot we were mentioning. Um, and Britt sinks in the lockjaw. She's got this special red gloves she wears all the time now. She doesn't have like the surgical glove. I kind of miss her pulling the surgical glove out and putting it on and snapping it on and then putting I thought I thought that was funny, but now nah, this is cool. And Nyla fucking taps out, which made her look fucking awesome, Britt Baker. So yeah, I love this, man. I really like this. Thunder Rosa being signed is great. I mean, Thunder Rosa's got this shout straight away. She'd be like, look, I'm the one who fucking beat the shit out of you in that match we had. Was it the street fight? Can't remember what they called it. But um, it was that fucking no DQ match they had that was fucking amazing. So yeah, let's get a fucking rematch of that. And this time Brett goes over. Happy days. Then do a rubber match and fucking Brett wins. Happy days. Then we can go from there. Right, cool. So the next up we had, we had uh, postage and packaging 
FTR fucking press conference thing with no press in attendance. So conference, I guess, is all it was. Um, Santana starts showing memorabilia of his fucking god awful childhood. Basically, like this is the corpse of the man that got killed. That you know, I mean, I was expecting to fucking spit bullets out. It was fucking yeah, grim. Dax says all he cares about is God, his family, and professional wrestling. I'm like you and me both, brother. You and me both. Okay, this was funny bollocks, man. I fucking love this shit. This is what wrestling's all about. Ridiculous. Dog shit, redneck, bollocks. Loved it. 10 on 10. So we've got Andrade with Tony the Shagger. And Andrade's got music now, and it's fucking great. It's like a proper fucking mariachi band from hell. Um, and he introduces his new da, Chavo fucking Guerrero. The place goes fucking insane. I, I got off my seat for this, man. I was fucking buzzing. Um, you got Death Quadrangle come out. Who the fuck's the fourth guy again? The, the, uh, I, I can't remember. I, th- I think he's a lucha dude and he's just not got his mask on. But the crowd are all over this shit. I'm all over this shit. I'm sure you're all over this shit. Andrade El Idolo. He offers Penta and Phoenix to work for him. And they're like, fucking get a job. Get to fuck. Right now, we just hang out a pack. He's just like the mad wee fucking Newcastle Terrier that we hang out with. We don't want a fucking boss, mate. Fuck off. So they end up getting fucking split up by the refs and Stramash averted. But yeah, man, I'm 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 into this. I'm into this. Then this is followed up with Christian cutting a promo. He's in with the Jurassic Express, and there's going to be a Jurassic Express, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage versus Angelico and Private Party, and this is supposedly to end Matt HFO for good, which is what a Hardy family. Oregon, origami, oral sex. I don't fucking know. Right. Oh, what's the O? Organization? Hardy family organization? Hardy family origami? I don't, mate, it doesn't matter, right? Um, They're going to end this HFO for good. And then another promo. Holy fuck, it's Promo City. We've got QT and the QTs, and they're talking to Alex Marvez, Randy's boy. Why not? I haven't done that for a while. Randy's boy, Alex Marvez. And I'm sitting there going this whole time, fucking Marvez, you are not safe. You're going to get a fucking milkshake to the pus here. Except from he is safe. Um, QT says he's going to address the situation uh, and apologise to fucking Tony the Shagger next week for pouring protein shake all over him. Cool. And that's the end of Promo City. And I'm going to chuck you back to Randy with The Blade versus Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy versus the Blade, assuming Orange Cassidy is all recovered from that cheap shot earlier on. Mm-hmm. So the Blade makes his way to the ring. Why is he wearing a woolly hat, sunglasses, a snood, and a leather apron? It's like, pick a fucking style, mate. He's going off You think, like, see, if you're playing a fucking Elder Scrolls game or Fallout or something, and all these little things give you perks, it's like, that's what this guy's doing. <laughs> Fuck knows. So the blade's in the ring. He's with the ref and he's just saying, raise my hand. There's no chance Orange Cassidy is showing up. So he's asking referee Bryce to get that done. And Orange Cassidy shows up behind him and he is ready for a fight. Again, fucking good match. Good spots on it. Did you see the gut wrench power bomb that the blade done to Orange Cassidy on the top turnbuckle 
Oh my god, it's it awesome. looked devastating. Fucking awesome. But it looked so good. So, so good. We will move on through the match until we get to more silly bollocks. Orange Cassidy gets a close two count. Then the bunny gets up on the ring apron, starts distracting the ref. Goose. Chris Statlander, who didn't accompany Orange Cassidy to the ring, shows up mid-match to even the odds. But then funny bollocks is happening outside. The bunny, the blade, Chris Statlander are outside having an argument. Orange Cassidy's in the ring and he goes to do a suicide dive. Or what do they call it? A Tope Elcon fuck knows on AEW. But the blade pulls Chris Statlander into the way. So she gets fucking wiped out. <laughs> then Orange Cassidy ends up throwing the blade into the bunny. So we've got men beating women all over the place, but apparently it's alright if you're on the same team, yeah, you can hit the woman. Domestics they get back in the ring, the blade's got the upper hand. And he hits Orange Cassidy with that crazy looking corkscrew tombstone. Mm-hmm. But Orange Cassidy kicks out. That should be a finisher should for somebody. Be. That looks fucking good. He looks good doing that. It's, Make um, his finisher. So Cada's finisher. There's more involvement for the Bunny and Chris Statlander. Getting the referee distracted for long enough to get some brass knucks into the blade. Mm-hmm. The blade fucking fumbles him for a good wee bit. And then gets them on, goes to hit Orange Cassidy with the brass knucks. Orange Cassidy gets out of the way of that. Goes for his own orange punch on the blade. The blade ducks the first one. Orange Cassidy connects with the second one. Gets the win. Then after the match, Orange Cassidy takes the brass knucks off the blade and hits him with a second orange punch with the brass knucks on. Then he puts the fucking nuts in his pocket. So is this his new thing? Is he going to have the brass nuts? I hope so. That'd be cool. It would make sense to keep them now. But if he's put them in his pocket and then next week he's not got them, I'm going to be asking questions about these nuts. Are they in the same dimension that Shaq is in? Yeah. And we'll ask a question a couple of times, then two weeks later we'll forget all about Shaq. We'll forget all about the nuts. Yeah. I know last week I was on the fence about this match. Because I was saying I don't want the Blade fighting another Orange Cassidy match. Mm-hmm. But it was a fucking good match. They done a stand-up job and I absolutely loved it. Mikey, Mikey Meltzer, give me your rating for this match. How many thumbs up are you giving it? Are you done with the Blade and the Orange Cassidy feud? Or are you happy seeing more of those two? Do you want to see any more with the Blade and Chris Statlander involved? Or do you want to see the Butcher and one of the best friends getting involved? Or maybe even Wheeler Utah with Orange Cassidy taking on the Blade and the Butcher? Fuck. Right now, I'm finished with the Blade and Orange Cassidy. But if you get a couple more people involved then, I'll be right back into it again. Let us know. What are your thoughts on it, Mikey? I give it one one and a quarter thumbs up. I like this match. Um, you've, You've actually covered absolutely everything I was going to cover. Um, in terms of the brass knuckles, I feel like Orange Cassidy is the kind of dude who would take that to a weapons amnesty and just hand it over and be like, look, I don't want this falling into the hands of some crazy kids. But I don't think he would say it. He would just look them in the eye with those aviators on and they'd know and he'd give them a half-assed thumbs up and they'd just take it off his hands and that'll be that. There'll be no more brass knucks. They'll be in a safe place. Yeah, you know what matters? This was a good match. I'm kind of done with it as well. I don't know how the fucking Butcher and the Blade play into the HFO 
that we were talking about Matt Hardy's shit because they are signed with him so what the fuck's going on there will they be the next people that will take on the Jurassic Express I kind of hope so and I kind of hope the best friends get someone else to do but what else is there to do really don't know man maybe we're going to start looking at the best friends going after the Bucks we'll see man we'll see and it's time for the main event of the evening IWGP US Championship match John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match where you can only win by submission and they said knockout but it's a fucking last man standing match isn't it? Yeah. It's a submission or a last man standing match. Yeah, same thing. And you see Lance Archer making his entrance and he's got his two kendo sticks and you're thinking good call he's fucking here he's ready to party and then you think what the fuck did John Moxley bring? He's came to this Texas death match empty handed he's just brought a belt balls of steel nah nah turns out that mad bastard's brought a fork as well to gouge the (laughs) fuck out of Lance Archer's head after he busts him open with a paradigm shift and Mikey you'll be sitting there and you'll be thinking Andy you can't possibly know that John Moxley has brought that fork to the ring from home and absolutely he's absolutely brought that fork from home where else are you going to find a fork in a wrestling ramp match I know under the ring you've got that toolbox and you've sometimes got like screwdrivers or bolt cutters. Mm -hmm. It's like some handy item that you need when you're looking for it. Duct tape to fucking duct tape Batista's legs to the turnbuckle during the last man standing match. Oh my God, that's what John Moxley should have done. Yeah. Anyways, he's been at home. He's been chilling out with Renee and their newborn baby girl. He's been saying his goodbyes and then on his way out, He's went through fucking Renee's good cutlery drawer, found the fancy fork, yeah, the and took that to work with him. Yeah. Or maybe Renee Paquette has packed him a lunch for his travel to AEW. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like a tuna pasta, and she put a fork in there with him, yeah. giving him good luck. Good luck on your Texas death match tonight, John. <laughs> packed you some lunch. Love you. Bye. And then what has John Moxley done? He's fucking kept that fork and he's went to town on Lance Archer with it. That's that's my rant over, mate. Fill in the gaps. Take us to the end of the show. Give us your thoughts on this match. Give us your thoughts on the show overall. I've got a bit to throw in at the end of this, but fucking good match. Good show. Loved it all. What's your thoughts, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, quickly before I get into the main event, we did miss that Chris Jericho cut a promo saying that he's going to bring the most violent and demented version of himself to fight Nick Gage. He turns around to reveal the pain maker, Chris Jericho, with the fucking pedo makeup from New Japan. And this gimmick is only scary in that you wouldn't let him babysit your wains. And that's it. Sorry. Kids, if you're not Scottish. Um, You wouldn't let him babysit your kids. So... Let's get the main event of the evening. So it starts off and we got a fucking paradigm shift to the outside right at the fucking get-go. And Archer does a fucking crazy deep blade job. And yeah, he's bleeding a lot. Um, John Moxie whips out the fork that we mentioned before. Next time, Renee, pack him a fucking spork or a spoon. Because you're not going to do much damage with one of those. Um, he starts stabbing the shit out of Lance Archer's head with it. And then sets up not one. Not two. No, it is two. Tables on the outside. I was so tempted to do the fucking Mr. Burns. Not once, not twice, but thrice. But we didn't get there. 
Fuck you, Moxley. Next time, set up three. Um, Lance Archer's back in. We get a chair. We get a bin lid fucking spots. And then there's loads of back and forth, including a biting spot from John Moxley on Archer's bloody head. Yuck. Um, John Moxley blades as well, because, come on, it's A-Dub. Fucking all blade wrestling. He gets scalped of a bin. Uh, Lance Archer sets up some chairs in the ring. He's got them so they're seat by seat facing each other. So he's going to do a blackout on Moxley through the fucking seats of the chair. Moxley escapes, hits a low blow, spins the chairs around so it's the back on back now. So you've got the big jaggy bit <sighs> pushed together and fucking Lance Archer choke slams him through it. And it's just fucking brutal. It's just, why? Why did you need to make it more sore? But anyway, there you go. Looked good. Fucking looked horrible, actually. But I enjoyed it. Um, we get King Kong Lariat, followed by a paradigm suplex. I can't call it a paradigm shift. People are kind of selling this. I don't know if Moxie's pulling them a bit down to a bit too hard, and that's why the legs are going over, but people... The jumping thing with the paradigm shift isn't doing it for me. I like the... When he used to do it as the Dirty Deeds in WWE, and it'd just be like a... Boom! A quick fucking DDT, essentially. This way it looks like it's hurting their back more than it's hurting their head, so it, it's, it's harder to buy. But anyway, um, do the paradigm suplex. Uh, Archer gets up, flips him off, sticks the middle fingers right up at him, so Moxley stabs him again with the fork, and they get a barbed wire table topper from underneath the ring, because I guess that's a must-have for any social gathering. They've got fucking heaps of them under there. So he lines both the tables with these fucking table toppers full of barbed wire, Lance Archer hits Moxley with the fork and then choke slams him through the tables for the win. And, right, it's got to be said, right? Randy Phil, our fucking Lord and Saviour, said there was, and I quote, no chance of Lance Archer winning. And all I can say is, I fucking called it. Randy's eating his words for the first time in a while. And, I mean, I, I, am, I am quite surprised. But at the same time, I'm going to fucking bask in my glory like I'm Keith Lee. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, is it Hikaleo? The dude from New Japan, he comes out uh, and has a standoff with Lance Archer. And they're about the same fucking height, which is the commentators even say, like, holy shit, I didn't know this guy was so big. And, um, yeah, that's us done for the week. And it was a good show, man. I mean, for me... There's a couple of weird ones, like the Doc Gallows and Frankie match, I thought it was a bit boring, I know Randy's into it, it was a bit fucking boring for me, and I'm pretty shocked that they even signed Nick Gage to be, or not signed, but they're even fucking bringing him in, I'm a bit shocked about it, but there must be a big fucking thing of, here, you, cunto, if you fucking break the trust of any of our wrestlers, you're fucked, so, he's not on his own turf, so he's gonna have to behave a wee bit, right? hopefully but there's a part of me that thinks he's so wild that the fact that he's on a national stage or an international stage will make him act out even worse but hey we can only wait and watch and hope that it's um that even though it's going to be wild that it's going to be safe and that's all that matters really right what was it you wanted to say how come every other week I go against John Moxley, saying that he's got to lose the belt. He's got to lose it to the New Japan guys. And he's got to lose it to Carol Anderson, who's a New Japan regular. And then the one week, I make a fucking sound reasoning decision as to why John Moxley will win. Because Lance Archer is fucking useless in AEW and he's not won anything. And then Lance Archer 
shits on me and wins and gets the fucking belt. You called the result correct and I'll give it to you. Great match. Um, maybe I'm just fucking running off a high fighter fest night too, but this was my favourite of the two nights. Even though the coffin match and Matt Hardy versus Christian, fucking yeah. really enjoyed all of that, but oh, even then, the FTW Championship match was good, wasn't it? It was just two really good weeks of wrestling. Do you have a preference, Mikey? Night one or night two? I'm taking night two. Night one. And before we leave Fighter Fest night two, I meant to say to you, did you see that Jake Roberts is now signed again with AEW? He's got an additional two-year deal with AEW, so I'm buzzing for that. Oh, yes, I'm boy. happy for him. He was wearing that jacket for this match. Did you see his jacket? It looked absolutely cool. They didn't show you a close-up for it, but I think the front, it was kind of snake-skinned, and then on the back, it was an embroidered snake, but it was black on black. Sick-looking jacket. Jake Roberts is here for another two years anyway. Nice. Loving it. Me too. We'll have a quick rundown of the matches for next week, and this is going to be in no particular order. So first off, we've got FTR... Versus postage and packaging. <laughs> I think FTR are going to win. Don't have any reasoning for it. But what's your thoughts, Mikey? FTR or PNP? I'm going to take our boys postage and packaging. Proud and powerful to win this match. Just for the fuck of it. Next up, we've got Jurassic Express. But it's not the actual Jurassic Express. It's got to be Christian Cage, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Taking on the Hardy family organisation, whatever the fuck he's called, but it's not even Hardy that's in it. It's going to be a private party and Angelico. I'll be buzzing for this match. I hope uh, Angelico and Luchasaurus get some good shit in. But winners in the match, I think it's going to be HFO. Because they've got a fucking lot more guys. Matt Hardy's going to be at ringside. It has to be a wee sneaky win. Who's your pick, Mikey? Right, we're two for two for opposites. I'm going Jurassic Express. I just can't see Christian Cage taking a loss right now. And we've got another IWGP US title match. And it's going to be the new defending champ Lance Archer taking on son of Haku. Hikuleo? Is that correct? Let me know. I'm struggling to decide this one because I, I already had John Moxley win in the night. Do you put the belt on Lance Archer just to have him lose it a week later? Yeah. You can't so. be doing that, can you? And this Hikaleo guy, he must be a big deal. See when they're bigging him up as the son of Haku. I don't know much about Haku. I think he was like a big WCW guy. He had a wee stint in WWE with Rikishi, I think. And he was a he's a mad bastard. See when you hear the stories online, he is a mad bastard. But I think Lance Archer will retain, and I think either way, during this match, I will be sports entertained. Mm-hmm. Who's your pick, Mikey? I'm going Lance. I'm going Lance. And we've got the second Labour of Jericho, but it's not going to be Chris Jericho. It's going to be the Painmaker Jericho taking on Nick Gage in the no DQ match. But it's a no DQ match, but Jericho's not allowed out- outside interference. Is this like having your cake and eating it too? You can't you can't have it fucking both ways, can you? Make up your mind, MJF. But Jericho's going to win because now that we know the labours of Jericho isn't limited to the pinnacle, I'm excited. Maybe we get fucking 
a couple of debuts. Maybe we get CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Oh, fuck me. Or Brock Lesnar. You never know. You never know. All the rumours, mate. Who's your pick? Painmaker Jericho or Nick Gage? I'm going to say Jericho. I don't know how, though. He's just going to have to pull out the bag. But if he's pulling the Painmaker thing out, then I think he's going to have to win. I don't know what I think of it, man. Uh, I'm I'm finding that not thinking about it is keeping me less stressed. So let's just wait and see what happens. Going to go with Jericho. And then, I'm guessing this is going to be the main event. But it's going to be the 5-on-5 tag team match. The Elite versus Adam Page and the Dark Order. I'm buzzing for this. I think the Elite's going to win. But I am used to being very, very wrong. Who's your pick, Mikey? The Elite or the Dark Order? I'm still going with uh, the Dark Order to win and Johnny Hungy, Soul Survivor, takes out most of them. I'm still going with that. I feel like it's good, it's going to work, and it's going to happen. That's my fucking feeling. So that's all the matches announced for next week. But the following week, August the 4th, when you and I get to have a proper sit-down and talk, we've got some... We've got two matches that are going to be happening. We're going to have Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Buzzing for that. And Miro will be doing his TNT title defence, The Redeemer. Uh, They've not announced an opponent. Maybe they'll announce that next week. But I'm buzzing for all of that stuff as well. And I'm just going to finish up with some quick hot news for this week. Rumours rife on Squared Circle, on Facebook, on everywhere. Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan has allegedly signed with AEW already yeah. because he's been wanting to work less dates, he wants to get paid good money. So they always mate, I want to work less dates and get paid good money. <laughs> but he wants to work in Japan as well and have creative input on his AEW persona. I think like all this stuff he could have got from WWE, but I don't think so. For whatever reason he's wanting to sign with AEW, which is mad. I don't I don't think they would have let him do it. Well I'll not get your thoughts on that just now because as well the other big rumour is CM Punk has been in talks of an in-ring return and it's not confirmed yet but heavily rumoured that he's going to AEW as well. That could be two fucking really good signings from AEW. Yeah. And nobody's came out and said anything about it yet. This is all like online reports. AEW's not made any announcements. CM Punk hasn't and Daniel Bryan hasn't. No. So we're just going to stay tuned and see what we're thinking. Do you have any thoughts on these two making a signing with AEW? Next week, Tony Khan is making an announcement on a big event. So no idea what that could be. And then who who would you even feud these guys with? Or the question is, which one of them is going to get the feud with Cody Rhodes first? <laughs> I mean, he's going to be raging. I don't. Th- he's going to put himself in a triple threat match with these two, isn't he? he? Probably is. Cody's going to beat Malachi Black two weeks' time. Then CM Punk's going to show up. Then Daniel Bryan's going to show up. Then it's going to be Cody Rhodes in a triple threat or a two-on-one handicap match mm-hmm. against the two. And he's going to fucking beat the two of them because he's Hunter Hearst, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Anyway, that's me for this week. Thank you, Mikey. Sorry for such a long fucking episode, but some good stuff. Really good week. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Bye. So that's Randy, Phil, Oot. Cheers for that, Randy. Uh, Always a pleasure. Never a chore. 
Um, yeah, we'll be talking properly in a couple of weeks. I might leave all my CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan shit for that. But I will say, Colin, Martin, Punk, I think that's almost a given because we had The Living Colour, who do his theme song, Cult of Personality. They followed AW and Twitter and everyone went tits about it and then they unfollowed AW. Now, I think it's well within reason to say these guys aren't totally up to date on kayfabe and how how much we're all a bunch of geeks who are watching stuff like this and they realized they fucked up so they like sorted it but the fact that they unfollowed them made me think oh yeah these fuckers man they've 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 bought the rights they fucking bought the rights for this song cm punk's gonna return and i wouldn't be surprised if cm punk's gonna be a fucking commentator and not a wrestler but um we just got to wait and see. Just got to wait and see, man. But I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's me as well for another week. Thanks very much for listening. It's been fun. It's been great. It's been long. It is what it is. And you can follow us everywhere. You can get us on that link tree with Snapdragon Duplex. It's got everything on it. But we're on Instagram, Twitter, you know, all, all the bullshits, YouTube. Um, get us on the website, www.snapdragonduplex.co.uk. You can get all our episodes there, download them and send them to your ma and your da. Send them to fucking CM Punk. Who knows? He's going to be about soon, apparently. And you can get Randy Phil on Twitch at Randy Phil. And from me and from all, goodbye, take care, lots of love, Mikey Mac, out.